welcome to the fourth official's EPL and World Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with James Lewis and Dr. Pete of Manchester City and Tottenham Fandom, respectively. And guys, we really, we don't have time. We don't have time to talk huh? about James's weekend. We don't have time to talk about uh I was with you. Yeah, you were with me a little bit. We don't have time to talk about that. We don't oh. have time to talk about Ken not being here, about Arsenal with a big loss, but yet a big win. We will have time to talk about that. Um, but we Can don't we have talk time. about our new t-shirts? Oh, yeah, we Just got new t-shirts. Me. Yeah. Courtesy Ken didn't get his because he didn't show up. Well, just give it away. Yeah, it's a good idea. I think my daughter would probably wear it. Yeah. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for that because we had so much action going on that had big implications at the top of the table, implications on historical seasons, Liverpool, and we had a lot of stuff happening at the bottom of the table, guys, and I think we'll start towards the top where Liverpool sits in the number one seat nope. in the Prem up until today. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Liverpool absolutely massacres Manchester United. 4-0 could have been 6 or 7. Um, Should have been probably 6 yeah. or 7, yeah. Uh, very scary game coming in. I knew it. I mean, I'm not Nostradamus, right? Manchester Nostra United Thomas. has been very bad. <laughs> Nostra Thomas. Did you say Nostra Thomas? Can we yeah. mute him? I can can't. We, mute him? I we can't. need to figure out a way to mute him permanently. Yeah. I can't believe um, I didn't think of that before. That's so terrible. Your brother's this long. I thought we, I said we don't have time for this, and still, still. And yet here we are. Still. Uh, Liverpool 4, Man United 0. Going into this game... You know, United hadn't played very well. They won over the weekend, three to two over the worst team mighty, in the league. Mighty, mighty, mighty Canaries. Norwich has scored going into this game seven goals away from home. They are relegated. I think they have twenty points. They are already relegated with like eight matches left. Um, and Manchester United almost lost. Came very close. So coming into this game. United have been disjointed in just about every performance for the last, I mean, at this point, we're like five months. <laughs> like, it's, it's really, really... <laughs> so at least just, the turn of the year, yeah, for sure. At least. Um, they are very slow in build-up, and they, they're not cohesive at all. That's the biggest thing, especially after watching Liverpool and City play in the Champions League last week. Not so much their over-the-weekend game, but watching Liverpool and City play their Champions League matches last week, there's the gap in between them and Manchester United to me was terrifying watching that match um, coming off the United matches that I'd seen, like well, the Atletico match. Well, Ralph says you're six years behind. Yeah, six years is a little bit extreme, but, but I mean, there's no doubt that there is a mile in between Liverpool City and Manchester United. Um, so going into this match, uh, I figured it was going to be a loss, but I dreamed of a draw, if that makes sense, at Anfield. Um, it was not a draw, guys. It was one nothing inside the fifth minute, 2 nothing inside the 22nd, and then from there it was just pretty much an all-out onslaught with an occasional over-the-top ball to Marcus Rashford, who dribbled the ball either out of bounds or right into the goalie, Allison. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really bad. Coming into this match on Twitter, the buildup was kind of like, oh, you know, Manchester United side was, guys, I got I got a feeling today. I know it doesn't 
you know, like we haven't been playing well, but I got a feeling about this. There's a lot of that going on. I did not have a feeling. I bet on Liverpool to win two by two goals, three goals, and four goals, mm-hmm. and almost didn't make it because they almost allowed a fifth goal in the 93rd minute. <laughs> almost an own goal from Delot. It was awful. Um, lineups came out, Dr. Pete, and the lineup that Manchester United put out, you thought it was one of the worst you've ever seen. It's not. I mean, I've only been a hardcore seen. fan for like five years, so I don't go back to the Louis van Gaal. Gibbo? <laughs> you don't go back to Gibbo and Cleverly in the middle? I mean, Moise, this is definitely... You don't go back to the Moise, uh, dream era? I mean, I cannot believe that your lineup was that bad after the amount of money that you spent in the last five years and how potent your lineup was looking at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I, I mean, as you alluded to, like, you, you thought it was one of the worst you've ever seen. I've seen worse. Uh, Smalling, Jones, Cleverly, and Gibbo in the middle, Darren Gibson. Um, well, and then, but, like, Fabio, not even Raphael, but Fabio, like, on the left midfield. I've but, seen worse. But those to. lineups, like, that that was like an end-of-era Fergie lineup. Yeah. All you the guys still, You still got wins. They did. They did, And actually. you didn't look this bad. Like, I think that yeah. in terms of, like, potential talent around the field, it's it's not the worst United lineup that I've no. seen, which is which is funny to say. But in terms of, like current performance, current form and what they where they are in this season. This absolutely is one of if not the worst performing united side I've seen in a long 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 time. Yes, you could easily talk me into that. Um somebody said something about Moyes. The Moyes squad was actually a leftover squad from the title-winning team that won the league by 10 points the previous year with Ferguson. So that squad wasn't this bad or even – I mean, especially well, the names. The performance is – I mean, I know that Moyes had a terrible season where he finished pretty seventh. down low, seventh. Mm-hmm. I, but I don't think that their performances were anything like what we've been seeing out of United. No, their performances were more like – Drab. Like they would lose. They would lose or draw. They would lose. Yeah, they would one draw. Nil or they draw, draw, draw. They draw a, a ton, and there was no like. The problem was the attack because you still had Rio, you still had Vidic, you had Van Persie, but uh, Moyes didn't know how to plan for an attack, and it showed. Anyway, this had nothing. Like yeah. Manchester United were absolutely played off the park for the entire match. Um, I take a lot of shots at Tiago. A lot because I think he's really overhyped, and the idea that a player who plays in one of the most attacking teams in the league and passes has his skill set that person having four goal con- contributions for the entire year it is telling, you know, like even Hendo has like five assists and like three goals. Like that, that means something that Tiago doesn't have that stuff. That being said. Tiago was unbelievable in this game. Yeah. Every single touch that he had was like a perfectly weighted one bounce pass or like a one touch pass. And it just personified how the, the golf in, in class between Manchester United's midfield, which started James started as Modic and Pogba, but Pogba opted out after like eight minutes. <laughs> it was seven minutes, but you, you had already had a goal scored on you. Yes. But I want to say, too, 
I, what surprised me was like the total lack of organization because isn't, wasn't that supposed to be Ralph's whole thing? Like drill the yeah. players, they're organized, they know their roles. Yeah. They, totally why'd agree. you come out with a three at the back in this game? A three at the back, one player who has played one game in, in three like years, three years at Phil Jones. And he actually got Phil Jones off. seemed fine. Well, well, he actually was a huge part of the second goal. Everybody is diagramming Maguire stepping up. Maguire stepping up, and the person behind him is the guy who plays the guy on side, and it was Phil Jones by 10 yards because Phil Jones hasn't played in three years, and you cannot play against well, a well-organized team yeah, when you're you not organized in the Look, back. and far, you know, far be it for me to not want to shit on Phil Jones, right? But <laughs> you also when you look at the rest of the game too with Maguire trying to keep – some kind of offsides line. He was he was wrong on every. He was not connected with his other defenders. No, where no. you know, say what you will for like. Okay, I guess Harry Maguire is supposed to be leading the line. I I guess, um, but he was making baffling. I I don't think Phil Jones or Lindelof knew what Harry Maguire was going to do at yeah. any moment, and I don't think Harry Maguire knew. Looked totally lost. First goal, one hundred percent. He was left adrift in midfield. Uh, yeah. It was- uh, just, but even I mean, even their of- third, I guess it was Mon- the third goal, I think, or maybe the fourth, uh, where <laughs> where the ball got played in the Mane at the top of the box, and he just uh-huh. one-timed it. F- Maguire, M- Mane was the only person near Maguire. Maguire was six yards off of him. Not yeah. like he wasn't Bizarre. even covering him. No, and he was just wide up. And weren't, there weren't other players in the area either, no other Liverpool players for him to be like, oh, I'm going towards this player. Yeah. He just got caught flat-footed and then... Mane is just in acres of space in the in the middle of the box. You're like, I mean, I mean, from start to finish, I think Maguire is an easy target because his play has been really poor this year. But I think it is more about scheme, defensive scheme. Um, Matic, I don't know if Matic touched the game, the ball in this game, especially in the <laughs> midfield. Seriously, like watching Thiago play around. Yeah. the amount of space that they created Liverpool created by doing one touch passing watching Modic not even be in the in the gear for the pass that happened two passes ago you know what I mean well I mean they they just got shredded I think yeah I mean like the whole the whole organization of the team and obviously no one knew what they were supposed to be doing but like yeah okay what's Modic supposed to do he basically I mean, is playing play center Modic midfield by himself Liverpool on Manchester United or any other team like yeah he, that's not his strong suit no. yeah i mean the, from top to bottom this was a disaster and I, I mean we have all obviously been talking about how terrible united have looked um mm-hmm. but i think that you know and and i've been going around the web and listening to all the former united players roy Keane, gary neville mm-hmm. and and obviously they are besides themselves and i'm eating the up like candy right this is great i know you hate all those guys because they made your life terrible for like 20 years yeah yeah and i i can look at them and see the sadness in their eyes they are very but sad. one thing that they they all said that i agreed with and even uh, uh, roy Keane, who i secretly actually kind of love but he said where where was the heart the passion mm-hmm. the pride not just to be playing for Manchester United, but to be playing for Manchester United against Liverpool. Yeah. And it it's like... Pr- it was the pride that got me more than anything else. Like, I knew they were 
the talent gap was huge. But if you're up against Liverpool and you're Manchester United and you're their rival and they're passing around the pitch, yeah, kick the crap out of them. Yes. You get seven yellow cards. You know, Vidic would have been sent off for right. sure, hundred percent. And to not show any fight whatsoever, not even mix it up and get dirty, like it's they just laid down so pathetically. It was absolutely terrible. The only like, and then like in the ninety fifth minute or whatever, like the last minute of injury time, like uh, Bruno like kicked out at Trent. Yeah. Like completely away from the ball and high, and uh, <laughs> just like yeah. he's like, "Hey, look, I was, I'm actually, I'm frustrated. I was fighting for it the whole time." He's like, "No, you weren't. You weren't good either. Nobody, nobody was good today." I, I thought, honestly, I was surprised uh, that you you couldn't tell that Phil Jones hadn't played in three years because he wasn't the worst, one on the pitch. Wasn't the worst person on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, and. You could even De Gea had an off day. Yeah. Well, but again, it's it's almost like you know, and not to say that Matic should have had a good game or whatever, but it's like, how, what do you? What's he supposed to do? I mean, it is almost an un impossible job. One to be playing center midfield in this United midfield against Liverpool, and two to be playing goalkeeper for Manchester United with the, that defense in front of you against any team, I guess, really. Yeah, to your point about kicking out, um, I actually texted Arshon. I think it was about two zip, but the uh, it was obviously obvious the way the game was going to go. And I was like, you know, I I get out there and I tell the players on the pitch, like, you start leaving it in. Exactly what Pete said, like seven yellow cards. And Arshon made a joke about um, uh, United transitioning into Burnley, and I'm like, no, because when Liverpool was getting played off the park for 15 years. They did that stuff all the time. Reese and um, Gerard, like those guys were going in studs up. There are all these fights. And it actually, it if you're the worst team, it brings the other team down to your level, which is why Derby matches are so good because of the kickouts and everybody gets all like Passionate. riled up. But yeah. I mean, United They're, has all these it. guys, Rashford, who were like just kind of spineless. I mean, Sancho, I, he didn't start. But all these guys, Matic, they're all finesse guys. Yeah, they're like Matic is a is a professional footballer who doesn't really get caught up in Derby stuff. And none of these other guys, like Harry Maguire, none of them left anything in. Lindelof's too light. Delot didn't show anything. Pogba is moving on to his next contract. I do like how he opted out in the seventh minute. Was like, well, I don't want to be a part of a blowout. Yeah. You know, like I don't yeah, want my name. Was... Hey, check in. my so stats. Awesome. I was out in the seventh minute. Yeah, he did almost get an assist because he put a ball through to Rashford. I think he wanted that assist, and then he wanted to check out. But yeah. but anyway, I mean, the long and the short of the match is that, like, it, it was an absolute blowout. I think the aggregate on the year is 10. It was nine, 9 or 10. 9. nine it's yeah. 9 or 10, 0. Yeah, I think it was Liverpool. 9. Yeah. Um, and at Anfield in the last, uh, I think it's like 10 matches, uh, the aggregate score is 27 to 2. Yeah, oh it's God. not looking good for you guys uh, in the so, recent past. And I would say more, more like I, it just to me it makes me, I guess, kind of realistically think about the size of <clears throat> the rebuild that United might have on their hands here. Because I mean, is this is this is this a coaching thing purely, 
or you know no no it's definitely it's not it's not coaching. there's there's well, player issues players and, and here. coaching but coaching can good great coaching can cover up for players um i mean look at tottenham to an extent the jump they made when they got a real manager yeah um I, I think the best comp honestly is barcelona right now because barcelona had huge financial problems you wish player problems. you wish they've turned and that I, around I, so quickly i don't think you're anywhere near barcelona i don't think but i don't, I don't think, think manchester united are gonna take six years i think it's very hard to predict number one number two they have players they can build around yes like they do sancho Rashford. I know Rashford's having an off year, but he's a good player. If you get yes. the right coach in there, like exactly. he has shown that he is an exceptional player. And, you know, as a rival, I would not be surprised if Man United are competing in the top four next year or in two years. They may not be competing for the title for a while, but things can turn around pretty quickly if you that's, bring that's in my point. a good coach and two or three of the right players. That being said, they've been stuck in this rut and they could continue in that rut and not getting champions league definitely makes that much more challenging. Yes. They have a 1% chance now to make the champions league. It could be lower than that. <laughs> I think it's less honesty. than 1%, isn't it? Yeah, it might be less than 1%. Uh, I think they're out of that and I'm really worried because now, you know, we don't, I don't think we play anybody else for the rest of the year. We might play Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, yeah, we play Chelsea again. Oh, we play Arsenal now. <laughs> yeah, I the, I predicted we could still beat Arsenal. <laughs> I predicted that Arsenal was going to lose to Chelsea and lose to you guys. You play Arsenal next, and we are terrible right now. But uh, Arsenal is still Arsenal. Ronaldo will be back. Ronaldo is missing for this game um, as his newborn son passed away. Uh, pretty yeah, pretty sad. Pretty yeah, sad. so it was pretty sad. And actually, the Liverpool fans did a an applause for one minute at the seventh minute. Um, which is, I mean, in, when it comes to the Liverpool Man United rivalry, that doesn't happen. So that was that was pretty amazing. Pretty classy. Um, I heard that the and, United fans were ch- chanting, "The sun, the sun was right, your murderers." Yeah, there, and then after that, after that, then it all devolved, and uh, you had the same Munich chants and the uh, Hillsborough chants going back and forth, where those two disasters are made fun of. Not that your team would know anything about that, right, right, James? You right. guys would never chant. Something like that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, we spent too much time on Man United. We, we've talked about them a lot this year. I want to talk about <laughs> Liverpool. We'll circle. Um, I'm sure we'll tie it in somehow back to come back I'll be to back. talk. Yeah, I'll be we back. do spend a lot of time talking about how bad United is. We tend to get stuck on that. I like it's it. It's my fault. It's because I direct a lot of it. Well, and, James and speeds mad. it. Ken loves yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's person. interesting, but not. I don't feed it like you guys do. <laughs> Liverpool James could four. spend an hour talking yeah. about and he will. how bad they are. Liverpool 4, Man United 0, and this is coming off Liverpool beating Man City in the FA Cup semifinal. And, I mean, the only there's only a few teams right now that can stop Liverpool from getting a quadruple. Uh, City was one of them for the FA Cup and is two of them, for the one for the Champions League and one for the title right now. Um, but Liverpool beat City three to two. It was City's backup lineup, James, because uh, you guys got kicked and kicked and kicked against Atletico. We definitely had and- some tired legs. Uh, I mean, that was a brutal run for us. Mm-hmm. That was the second time we had played Liverpool after the second time we had played Atletico Madrid. Yeah, that was that was a brutal run. Four, those four games in a row. So. Uh, 
I mean, and that, and the last game against Atletico, which was the midweek Champions League game, was the most brutal of all of them. Um, you know, and yeah, you know, we. I think that. Uh, I to me that first half. I mean, Liverpool came out storming in the first half. We, you could just. I don't think that the players had the energy to compete. Like they were, comp- but most of them didn't play. They were caught off guard. All that that team that was out there, most of them have played in most of those games because they of injuries and whatnot. Know, like I mean, Ake came on, Zinchenko was didn't play. Fernandinho came on in like the ninetieth. Uh, Grealish started. I mean, he didn't play a lot in those games. Jesus. Foden came on as a sub. Like most of those guys came on as a sub. There's only two, two, two or three guys that played in the Atletico game. Anyway, yeah, uh, rotation because of rotation because of uh, the the run that we were on. But I mean, I think that uh, either way, the, I mean, the first half Liverpool had the energy, and when yeah. we didn't, right? They and you know, they're they're a high energy team. They were able to rest some players midweek, and they they totally caught us off guard, and they, you know. They they ran that first half. I think the second half um, mm-hmm. was much different. I think that we we created a lot more. The game was a lot more even. We obviously scored. I think that if we had and KDB had start, started warming up um, with stitches in his calf, still I think from the Atletico game. If we had, you know, to me it got to the 60th minute. We did not make any changes. And that just showed me that we we weren't really going to push for it unless we scored another goal in a reasonable amount of time. We ended up scoring you know much later in the game to save a little bit of face, but I, I don't think we were ever there mentally to to compete in this game, and Liverpool basically walked in the first half. Yeah, I mean, how important is it to you um, as a City fan? I mean, Liverpool played... A pretty strong lineup. Um, I mean, you had Salah, you had Van Dyke, you had Mat. Oh, excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong game. Yeah, they had a solid lineup in there. They they rested their guys Van midweek. Van Dyke was in. Salah was in. Okay, go ahead. They they rested their guys midweek in that second leg of the Champs League because they were up three one, which is a little bit ballsy, but it paid off because they they had fresher, definitely had fresher legs in City, and I think. Like James said, the manner of the Atletico game, I mean, that was an absolute brawl, mm-hmm. like full energy. You just got nothing left. At the end of that game, the psychologically, city, the, the city players like fell to their knees at the end of that game. Like, yeah. oh my God, thank God it's over. <laughs> yeah, that takes a week to recover from something like that, especially all the games back to back. You know, the pool league game, there was so much tension. Um, Champs League was so much tension. I mean, it's just. There had to be a, a drop off at some point, and and if I'm a City fan, you know if there's going to be a drop off, let it be in the FA Cup, and then yeah. you know hopefully it gives you a little kick in the pants because you got what nine games left, and they're all massive. Six, seven, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about champs. Uh, oh right, yeah. In mm-hmm. Premier League. Yeah, I think it's like nine. Possibly not, ten. Possibly ten. Away. Yeah. Um, no, and you're right. And I think of, of the three that we were still in, the FA Cup is the one that I would sacrifice. And, I, and I'm not saying we didn't plan to come out and try and compete, but we just we could not in that game. I think we didn't have it in us. Okay, guys, so we'll finish up with the Liverpool talk and, and kind of move 
more towards what City's doing now after the FA Cup game. Uh, the, I just want to say for Liverpool, they play Villarreal in the semifinals. Um, I mean, that's a lot easier of a match, uh, especially over two legs, than City playing against Real Madrid for sure. But the big thing there is that Villarreal has shown that they can defend and counter. And, you know, Liverpool can be susceptible to that. But if Liverpool jumps out to a big lead, you're looking at a chance for them to possibly rest again while they're playing all these league matches. So I think well, the they can't right they can't now, rest in the I mean, league. They can't well, rest no, they players can't. in That's the what league. I'm saying. So it'll have to be the Champions League. They're run in right now. They play a terrible Everton team this weekend. Then they have Villarreal in the midweek. Uh, Newcastle away. Plucky Newcastle, but Newcastle's safe. They're 15 points in, in the clear. So you won't, probably won't see much from them. But then Villarreal, second leg away. Big old Tottenham match. Chelsea in the in the final of the FA Cup. We're huge Chelsea fans that day, James. Yeah. Huge Chelsea fans that day. Um, and then Southampton and Wolves. So, I mean, you compare that to what City has to do in their run-in, James, and what City did today as they got a pretty big win themselves and won 3-0 over Brighton um, after that loss. And it's not, I mean, it was a pretty comprehensive win, right? And that's really what you guys needed. Yeah, the, I mean, the first half was, I felt like I was having deja vu from the first Atletico leg. I mean, Brighton were playing very, very, very compact and defensively. Um, second half, they definitely tried to open up and we, I mean, we dominated the entire game, but we we finally made the chances pay in the in the second half. It was a dominant performance. KDB was a tank in this game. Um, Imperious. Yeah, he's he's good. He's he's going to drag us to the to the league title this year. Who's going to win the Player of the Year? By the way, nobody's talking about it. It can't really be KDB because isn't it voted on in like March or something? Maybe. I mean, he definitely didn't have a great first half of the season, so I, I wouldn't say yeah. it was him. It's going to be solid just because solid. of his ridiculous goal totals. I'm not sure if he was the best player, though. I mean, he hasn't scored since February, but his goal yeah. total is just and, – and his assists. I mean, he's like, what, second in assist or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I was just asking because nobody's talking about it. But City wins 3-0 here, big for the goal differential, especially with uh, Liverpool piling it on Manchester United. You guys needed, A, a win over a plucky Brighton team, and you needed to stay within reaching distance of Liverpool's uh, plus six on you right now in goal differential. I mean, it only takes one slip-up, but you guys have one point, um, which is obviously more important than goal differential. You're up one point. We are in first place. equal, and you're in first place. So, uh, I mean, going forward, what's the plan? You got to play Real Madrid. Yeah, Big we, deal. and that's that. Luckily, that comes after a Watford game, um, which we're not going to rest players, but that's a little, probably a little bit less strenuous than some other opponents might have been. After, and that's a Tuesday Champions League game, and then we have Saturday Leeds, so we get a good amount of rest in there. That is a way at Leeds. Um, hoping good old Jesse Marsh doesn't throw a spanner in the works here. But again, <laughs> these are these are all these are all winnable games for us. I think that the the Wolves game gets rescheduled at some point, and that is an away game at Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Wolves are safe, but they have been a tricky tie for us in the past, and they they are definitely a uh, they are definitely a sit back and counter type of team under Bruno Laga. Yeah, um, they don't score a lot of goals, but they're very yeah, they're like defensively the stout, which could give you. They're going to be problems. very happy playing for a draw against us, uh, even though they're safe. So that to me, that's the trip. That's the <laughs> tripping point. Uh, there, if it happens, I don't know when that game's going to get rescheduled for. I don't think they've announced it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, it could be right at the end of the season. I don't see where they'd fit it in, but I'm sure they'll try. Jamming in there between uh, Real Madrid and Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, Thanks, guys. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh, no, it'll be there uh, between. There's a week between oh, uh, Newcastle and West, West, West Ham. Ham. Yeah, I guess it'll That's be in there. Yeah, I mean, I think the pressure's going to start to ratchet up. Um, I think, you know, we've beat it into the ground already, but Jack Grealish played a very small role in all these important games down the stretch. Um, He's fresh, fresh legs. We don't really have to talk about it anymore, but uh, Jack Grealish joins the very long list of disappointing signings for this year from a, from a off season that, you know, had seven or so of the top 15 players in the world. Hey, hey, that might be premier league champion, Jack Grealish after this season. It could be. Uh, Premier League passenger Jack Grealish, like Ake last year, but he gets, he gets a medal. Hey, the, he medal. I've said it every time you brought it up, and I don't disagree that he he's been has not lived up, certainly not lived up to the price tag. But a lot of players first year under Pep has not been stellar. Um, mm-hmm. Ake, who you just mentioned, is having a a great second half of this season. Bernardo Silva, Cancelo, um. They're all players that came in fairly big. Unfairly, and Mares and Mares didn't have a great season his first season either. And he caught none of those players. He doubled the transfer fee for all those players. Mares, Mares was seventy, more, way more money than the rest of those people. Mares cost as much as Sancho did, and his first season was a dumpster. And all I'm saying is he has not lived up to his price tag. But mm-hmm. but first year players coming into Pep system aren't. They don't hit the ground running. It's a different way of playing. It is. Um, I think we can talk about later in towards the end of the season. We'll talk about how disappointing the amazing transfers this summer were, including Messi, um, Ronaldo to an extent. I mean, he's won points for Manchester United nine times this year, so that kind of props him up. There's some bad play in the middle, but everybody on the team is playing badly. Uh, Sergio Ramos hasn't played for PSG um, in any big matches, I don't think. I think he's played five league matches in a league that they've already wrapped up. Didn't play any of the Champions League matches. Um, Messi, Lukaku has been a complete dud. Sancho. <laughs> uh, Sancho, yeah, has been disappointing. I, he's not quite as bad as, as the players we just Why? mentioned. But he would be. In a, in a normal year, he would be uh, a I really, think if you really take bad. his whole year into account, he's been... A disappointment. He has been much better in the last few months, but he was a he has, but he's a huge of part year. of why he's a huge part of why United uh, stuttered out of the gates because they needed him to play as well as Rashford did on that left hand side, and he started slowly, which is a big deal. But he was disappointing. Um, Lukaku, like I said, all these players, Saul, um, Donnarumma, like all these oh players God, from all over the Saul. world. Hmm? He's, yeah, he wasn't like, expensive. He's gone. He's alone. All these players. He wasn't expensive, but but he was a. I actually thought he could come in and make a huge difference in Chelsea's midfield. So did I. And he is not playable. 
No, unplayable. In fact, they they brought him on in a few games where they were like winning comfortably, and I even still just like why why did you bring him on? Why even bring him on? Totally lost. I mean, it just it looks like somebody. You guys seen Indiana Jones where the, the the guy Marcus. Like, Indiana Jones says he can fit in anywhere. You'll never find him. He's 10 steps ahead of you. And then they show Marcus, and he's in, like, a uh, he's in like a, like an Egypt, and he's surrounded by people. And, yeah. and he's like, excuse me, does anybody here speak English? <laughs> Indy? And he's, like, totally lost. <laughs> <in a> museum. <laughs> yeah, he's totally lost. <laughs> That's what Saul is in the Chelsea midfield. He's just, like, no idea. It's like Maguire on. trying to find his mark. Yeah, we already did that. We're not going back there. We're not, I'm not going to. Can't you just circle back around? City 3, Brighton 0, and this is a Brighton team, guys, that was coming off of a big old win as Brighton beat Tottenham 1-0 to on the weekend after taking Arsenal's scalp the, the weekend before. Uh, Dr. Pete, you were texting through this match, the Tottenham-Brighton match, and, I mean, Tottenham played so poorly. So bad. It was no surprise when they ended up letting up the winner in the 90th minute. Yeah, I certainly wasn't surprised. I will say that uh, I'm no longer watching any games with our dad because every game that I watch live, and I was up in Baltimore this weekend, he's the team always plays terrible. Um, so. Peter, I, Peter, why is your team doing so poorly? I can't watch anymore. Um, this one was terrible. We were never in the game at any point in time. No business winning or drawing. We would have been lucky to get a point out of it. Well, zero shots on target. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, it was basically this reminded me so much of a Nuno game where there were no shots on target and there was just nothing there. There was no structure. Uh, It was shocking. I I will say that we've been playing so well lately that we were definitely due for kind of an egg drop. And the front three played terrible. And they've just been unplayable for like – three straight months all three of them were are awful this game i think sun and kulishevsky got subbed um and it was a bad it was a terrible time to drop three points fortunately arsenal did us a huge favor and and kept things even on the weekend but uh, it was just very disappointing because we probably could have put at least one nail in the coffin with a win here you might be able, you might be looking at pushing for a third if you had been uh, able to pull that well, off. I don't care about that. But. Chelsea's Chelsea's way ahead. No, they they would if he if they had been able to to win against Brighton, they would be two points behind Chelsea. And even though, but the, Chelsea have a game in hand, but yeah, and I mean, and they have a plus twenty goal differential on Tottenham. I I don't think Chelsea's going to get caught. They 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 got a nice win. Uh, they did take a, an L today. But I don't think they're going to be caught. Five points. Um, I mean, they would really have to stop playing. They'd have to do it Manchester well, United, they, doing, basically. Like they did against <laughs> Arsenal today. Yeah, four goals allowed against Arsenal. We can move into that uh, that Arsenal team you're talking about. So Arsenal comes into the Chelsea-Arsenal match at Stamford Bridge, having lost 1-0 to to a pretty poor Southampton team. Um when Arsenal has it all to play for, has it in front of them, they had, they were in fourth place the last time we saw Ken, I think. Um, and now, as predicted, I mean, they, they drop points to Southampton. They don't play in, well in the, in the match either, really. I mean, they had a lot of shots, but it, there was nothing to it. 
They lose a, an absolutely horrific loss, 1-0 to Southampton. And then they roll into Stamford Bridge and beat Chelsea 4-2. <laughs> um, With the unlikeliest of hero in this yeah. game. <laughs> in Ken's in boy. Kedia. Ken's boy in Kedia. Has he scored um, all year for them in the Prem? He hasn't played that much. Question. I would have to look it up. <laughs> I mean, he's out of contract. So. He's out of contract. Um, no, he hasn't. He has one start and 13 sub-appearances, and he has not scored. I mean, like two of the biggest Arsenal goals of the year. Yeah. Come on the same day from him. Um, a hard counter from Arsenal, basically. That was their strategy. They score four times against the most defensive team in the Premier League. Um on basically broken up fast breaks. Uh, well, for the first goal, get it done. They got three points. The first goal, Christensen made a big old mistake, and yeah, huge mistakes in this one. And uh, what actually I saw people saying, uh, and I didn't, you know, I didn't read the news beforehand, but Rudiger not in the team, um, mm-hmm. Silva not starting, Havertz not starting. A lot, a lot of the criticism came on Tuchel that he did not take Arsenal seriously, and he re- like this defense with you know Reese James Christensen and Malang Sar starting yeah, in Saar was in bad. central defense yeah Sar is well, there's, not there's nothing it. for Chelsea to really play for in this game i mean they're locked into third place yeah, so why not why not rotate your players after coming off they had a pretty brutal stretch they want to win the FA Cup so they mm-hmm. played that this weekend that was prioritized i mean they're like locked into third place almost 100% yeah, and they do. You, can, a... you kind of see that during the game. They they sort of lost their their um, their will in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're they... still decent and they can win any game. But I mean, if this were early in the season, you have to think they would have and with a better lineup. They would have had a different lineup. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think they've been to your point, Pete. I think they've been kind of coasting in the Premier League for a while mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. They've had some bad losses and haven't played well. The, the Champs League, actually, that Real Madrid game, they played very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the first leg, they had some defensive errors, but second leg, they were they were good. Yeah, that was one of the best games they played of the season. They just got beat by individual brilliance. Um, yeah. You just put, throw your hands up if you're a Chelsea fan when they lost to Real Madrid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they lost pretty handily here to Arsenal. I mean, it was a little tight down the stretch in the last 15 minutes until the penalty kick got called. But, um, I mean, you can't say that Arsenal didn't execute their game plan better than Chelsea. And exactly what you guys just said, I mean, Chelsea just looks like they're going to coast through to the FA cup, you know, and then they're going to finish third. They still don't have their ownership situation sorted out, but it doesn't really matter because they have such a, they, they played so well in the first half of the season and they built up a nice goal differential. They built up a nice point differential and they're sitting above the, the three turds fighting for, I think someone <laughs> said fighting for fifth, which makes a lot more sense than fighting for fourth. Um, so I, I think Chelsea's in good shape and um, I probably won't mention them again this year. <laughs> is, their, um, is their season a success if they win the FA Cup? No. No. I would agree. They spent so much money. Yeah. They and spent they so much money off the back of winning of the winning Champions the league. league. Right. Yeah, I think it's a big disappointment, and I think Lukaku bears a lot of that brunt. Um, of course, the ownership situation 
is is big too and a lot of chelsea fans are trying to prop up their season with that club world cup thing which is like (laughs) once you win it one time like there's really no reason to talk about it again because you're playing like the best team in like argentina you know for the for the final every time and if you're not beating them then you don't deserve to be in the top league of your country you know what i mean like these are not great teams so when you beat them it's not a big deal a lot of Chelsea fans are sticking to that, like, oh, we're, this will be our third trophy of the calendar year. <laughs> oh, you know, we go like, calendar year now. Uh, uh, from, <laughs> okay. From starting, okay. Starting in uh, May of last year, you come back around. If we win the FA Cup, that's three trophies. It's like, that's that's not how this works. Like, you're actually winning one trophy, and we're huge Blues fans in the FA Cup. Like, you may not, may not have seen a bigger Blues fan than me. When uh, Chelsea plays Liverpool <laughs> well, in the they're gonna have to do huge. They're gonna have to do better than this. Uh, they will have a different defensive setup. They will have a different midfield. I don't think Loftus Cheek is really a starter in this team. Uh, I mean, Kovacevic, Kovacevic comes back in there. I think Kovacic. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, and uh, and you don't see Lukaku either. You definitely see Havertz. Uh, there'll, there'll be changes. Although, I mean, this game was punctuated. I, with big Chelsea errors, but uh, yeah. you know what I what I kind of noticed in this game too was they they were putting a lot more um, they were putting a lot more on Conte to kind of make plays with his passing, yeah. and it it really kind of highlighted how limited his his passing can be. Well, he's tidy. He's tidy, he's but not, not inventive. He's not playing yeah. tricky passes. He's not. Mm-mm. He's not curling balls around people. No. He, he's going to make your 15-yard pass in whatever direction you yeah. need him to. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't ask him to start creating things. No, I totally Which agree. they kind of did in this game. I think Mount had kind of a free reign to run around. Werner, again, doing his headless chicken thing, although he did score in this game. Lukaku, who knows what he was doing. I think Kate, Kante was trying to fill in that gap there. And it wasn't a great look for him in this game, I don't think. Yeah, I really like watching Conte, um, especially on the defensive side. And I thought always thought that his ability to retain possession, as in pass it off either diagonally, but basically find the open man, was a huge part of why he was so good. Because not only was he intercepting, but he was immediately passing to somebody who was open and helping maintain the ball. And especially watching Manchester United's midfield, in quotes, right now. I mean, you would have to say that that's exactly what they would need is somebody who can possess the ball, even without his defensive side. He is very, very tidy. Oh, Conte improves any team in, I'm, in the Premier League. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying it was interesting to see him in this game being tasked with maybe a little bit more. And there were a few few times where he the, his passing was just, I mean, awful, yeah. awful. Like, and, and where's J5, Pete? You know? I mean, J5, <laughs> Jorginho, third in the Ballon d'Or voting. Oof. Where is he? Buried on the bench. Buried on the bench. What a fall. Didn't even come what on in this game. That's what we said last year, though. He's not even... He's, uh, he loves to take cheap team. shots at the managers when they when they leave. It's like, yeah, he should have played me. We would have uh, won champs, you know? Yeah, whatever. All right, guys. So, um, Chelsea just kind of rolling along there. The last match that we'll go into any kind of detail on um and only because it matters to james's skin is west ham won, burnley won, mm. burnley growing towards the light like a weed in the sewer one shot on target 
and it was uh, it was their scrum goal. Uh, MLS scrummer B. I would be so furious as a West Ham supporter. You know, it's funny. You can take you know you've taken you've taken Dice out of the equation here. But how do you fire your coach and not have somebody lined up for like you only have six games left and they're all he must have he must have like punched the president or something. You know, been there for ten years. Why don't you fire him now? It's crazy. It's because they don't solve things a normal way. Their board is just people sitting around a stone table, <laughs> and they kind of like line up pebbles and try to communicate in a different way than what we're used to. They actually didn't mean to fire him, but the, yeah. their grunts were misinterpreted. Yeah, you can't go back on it no. now. You know, and he was. You know, guys know he was the longest tenured manager in the Premier. Now Klopp is. You're kidding. No, he was the longest tenured manager. It was like nine years or something. Yeah. No joke. Yeah, now it's Klopp, which means I think that Pep might be third. Pep might be second behind Klopp right now. That sounds right. Um, I can't think of the other managers that are in there because they've they've all like swapped around so much. Um, But so Burnley now on twenty five points, four points behind Everton. Um, Both teams with negative nineteen goal differential, but Everton plays Liverpool this weekend. (laughs) Chelsea after that. And then their next winnable game after Leicester is Watford. Um, then they play Brentford Palace, Arsenal. Like they could lose all now, those games. Now, luckily, They're luckily terrible. though, Burnley could also lose all of those games coming up. Yes. It's not like they've they're under the stewardship of Michael Jackson. I that's his like name. And Ben Me like as joint coaches on this team and they're that now they're setting the world on fire and they're a danger to everybody. They're still Burnley. <laughs> When's the last time somebody had a player coach in the premier league in the premier league? I, oh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, the championship it does happen. I don't know the answer. To, the, yeah, Wayne I mean, did it in the championship. championship. Wayne did it. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Well, I don't think he's technically being, Ben Mee is not technically being called the manager. He's like they called him like an assistant coach. Yeah. So the last what I just see, saw is the last permanent player manager in the top flight of English football was Gianluca Vialli, who Good. retired from playing in '99 when he was the manager of Chelsea. <laughs> in 1999. In 1999. He played and managed. He played and managed. That's incredible. Yes. On, uh, it was actually like in the '90s. I'm just, I'm like, yeah, now I'm digging, I'm digging this hole now. In the 90s, it has happened all the time. Yeah. That was before all the money was Even there. in the early. We actually needed those players. Yeah, in, in the 90s. And, and we can't figure out why the English League wasn't any good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, it wasn't really until Wenger came that they, like, allowed foreign managers. <laughs> I mean, They didn't have that ridiculous. many foreign players either. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous, but it really is true. Like, Wenger came in and kind of allowed all these managers to come in. They were like, oh, like a better brand. And all the money came in with the TV deal and then Jose and that kind of thing. But Wenger was a huge part of breaking the uh, the, the UK barrier uh, that stood until, like, 2000. Rude, Rude Gullet <laughs> did it at Chelsea as a player manager, and he won the know. FA Cup with them. Amazing. Uh, you guys saw that Wayne got relegated, right? Yeah, Wayne, yeah, yeah. Derby well, team. I mean, um, on negative twenty-one points from negative twenty-one penalties, <laughs> and they still were not dead last. 
Yeah, and they would have been. He was. He was said it himself. He's like, well, we would have been at fifty-one points, which was like three points out of a playoff spot. He, you know, which is amazing because they were. They had to use basically amateurs. They couldn't sign people mm-hmm. to contracts, so they were. They had players whose contracts expired. They couldn't re-sign them. They couldn't offer them a new contract to play, and they were having to use like their youth team in many of yeah. these games. Uh, it seems to me that is a great achievement. It is. And Wayne said after the match, after they said he was relegated, he said, well, they said, are you going to stick around? Just assuming he's going to jump to the prem. He's like, yes, I would like to stick around. He's like, I, I plan on sticking around. I will be here. The ownership, it will change basically is what he said. And, and he said, if they want me, my plan is to stay here and bring the club back up. It, we are now in a place where Wayne Rooney, in the same year, will go from being farted on by strippers while asleep in a hotel chair <laughs> on video to becoming a stand-up, the stand-up man of the year at Derby County. Tactical genius. At Derby County. I mean, it makes sense if you watch this documentary. <laughs> it, I mean, it sort of does. Like, his documentary is dotted with amazing successes and, like, world talent. And then every once in a while, it's like, hooker incident. <laughs> you know, like, it's like every two or three years, yeah. it's him apologizing and looking down again as his wife explains how she got past this hooker incident. Yeah. Well, the look on know. his face when, he, when his wife is sort of trying to explain why she's still with him. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, so it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those hooker incidents creep up on you. <laughs> yeah, it's a slippery slope because once you let one or two through, it's mm-hmm. really. I mean, how are you gonna pretend to be mad when it's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Yes, yeah. yes. Is it is it the first one that's the big one, or is it the second one that's the big one? Once you allow the second one, it's kind of open season. You know, fool, fool me once with your hookers. Shame on me. Told me twice, three times, four times. Wait, it, re- five reverse times. that, right? <laughs> First one, shame on you. <laughs> All righty, guys. So let's end the podcast with predictions. Um, Arsenal, Manchester United, they play next weekend. Uh, I'll start with Dr. Pete. One to one. Oh. That's, that's actually a safe one. Uh, or safer, I think. Although with, I don't like to root for Arsenal to win. I don't like to root for United to win. Very true. Um, Zero, but I think that Arsenal are <laughs> going to win this game because, I, I mean, this also was a former United rivalry. If if I'm looking at this and thinking about how they they're playing their players reacted to the last big rivalry game that they just had. Uh, it might be 3-0 Arsenal. I'm going to go 1-0 Arsenal. Okay. Um, I think Manchester United is terrible. I think they are not cohesive. I think the only matches they've won in the last, like, two months are because Cristiano Ronaldo scored ridiculous hat Now he is back. Um, he's back. I, I just think that... It's it's one of those things where it's like what what do you say it's like an irre, irre, irresistible force meaning an immovable object it is united is terrible there's your irresistible force but then arsenal absolutely having to shit 
their pants um, is the immovable object. And I think that Arsenal is going to lose this match. And I say that knowing full well, having bet against my team against Liverpool, knowing how bad they are, I think Manchester United wins this match 2-1 to one because Arsenal just beat Chelsea. Ooh. Like, they're going back down. You know what I mean? Like, they that's the rhythm. Like, they lost two to bad teams. They beat a good team. They're going to lose another one to a bad team. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. I'm not saying it because Manchester United is better than Arsenal or should be better than Arsenal. I'm saying it because of who Arsenal is. In the same way that they lost to Michael Carrick, who was a caretaker manager with no experience coming in after Ole, after United lost like five of seven, they Arsenal lost to that team. I think they're going to do it again. I think they're going to lose again. It's going to be two to one. What are the chances that we see Ken in the pod the next week if, Manchester United knocks them out. For the oh, season. no chance. I, no chance he comes on. I will do at 2 a.m. on a Thursday to put <laughs> Ken on this No pod. chance. Ken will be on the next No podcast, chance I if United win. You. No chance is Ken coming on this pod. If Manchester United win this match, I will find Ken. I will drive to Eastern Shore where he lives. I will take his wind chimes with me when I go, but I will sit there and I will make him do the podcast. Even if it's, if I had to like embarrass him in front of his family, I'll do it at 4am. If I have to, Ken will be on this podcast. I, I think there's no, if, if Arsenal win, he'll be on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But if United, no, win, no way he will be on this. He podcast. won't respond. Yes, he, he won't will. respond to your texts. We will be, I, like I said, I'll do this. Thursday morning, 2 a.m. I'll take my kids with we'll me. We'll hit the road. We'll do, I'll go. We'll do it in person at Ken's house. We will do it in person if we have to. He will be on this podcast. Tom, you know, you probably weren't that upset during the Liverpool game. It's just like you're like, this is terrible. You know, like you weren't hitting pillows or anything like that. No. Do you think you're going to be upset in the Arsenal game Oh. if they lose? Definitely he'll be upset. Yeah, because Arsenal sucks. Liverpool's a great team. Arsenal is is not a great team, and they're they're pant poopers. Um, I will be upset. Yes, I will be. I wasn't even that upset when 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 our rivals this year destroyed us, City and Liverpool. I mean, I was in the very beginning for sure. This this last game, the Liverpool match was we're a corpse, and you're shooting bullets into our corpse. You know what I mean? Like I thought you were gonna say you were doing something else. But yeah, I thought no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> That's where your mind went to. That's where my mind went. <laughs> yeah. oh my I thought it was coming. No, G-rated pod. Uh, so, so yes, I, I will be furious if we lose to Arsenal because I just I have I've said it the whole entire year and I've been right for the whole entire year. Arsenal are pant poopers. They are not a good team. They are only in the position they are because Manchester United have been so bad this year, like historically bad for the amount of talent they have. Arsenal's not a good team. So uh, I guess I will be very upset if we lose. It'll be the equivalent to me of us losing to like Southampton. Burnley, like those kind of teams, because it is a position that Arsenal classically fails in to go up against a bad Manchester United team that just got worse. You're setting yourself up for some bad mm. feelings, buddy. I mean, could be an interesting pod next time. That's fine. All right, guys. For Ken Lee, who is not here but will be here next mm. week, James Lewis and Dr. Pete, I'm Tom Miller saying I hope everybody has an awesome week and Arsenal lose. I don't think. I think that United are so bad that they. I, I Yeah, yeah, I know, and I know what you're saying too. And I just think that United are bad enough to overcome Arsenal's own ability to 